Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Hello, listeners. We are back again with another episode of The Relatable Voice. Today, the RV is on the road towards South Korea to speak to Dames Hanson. Originally from Wisconsin, Dames is a teacher and is an author. His Fairy Nights book series is available now. So, Dames, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Lucia. Thank you. So, Dames, what brought you to South Korea? Well, it's a funny story, to be honest. Um, so, I was in the US and I was working at a computer company. And I found that I just didn't want to do that anymore. And so what happened was I, I took my resume and I put it up on a site that maybe a lot of people don't know about anymore. I'm not sure, but the site was called Monster Jobs. And I put it up there and out of all of these different offers to uh, work at other computer companies, I got this very interesting offer from a Korean school that wanted me to come teach for them. And they were all comprehensive. Uh, they had kindergarten, they had elementary, they had middle school, high school, even adult level classes available. And something about that just really grabbed at me and drew me in. Um, part of it, I guess, was because I got to teach classes when I was a soldier in the US Army. Because uh, that kind of comes with the job. You, you end up teaching classes to other soldiers, et cetera. But also my mom, uh, she was a teacher before she retired. My older brother also, he became a teacher. And so there, there was this feeling that maybe teaching is in my DNA, uh -huh. right? Maybe this is my calling and maybe I just need to give it a shot. And so that was, uh, let's see here, looking at uh, the date, that would have been 16 years ago, I believe. Yeah, so obviously I did, I did find my calling. <laughs> and why South Korea? Well, I always had this idea that I shouldn't allow where I was born limit me to where I might live. That's for sure. But South Korea was never, ever on my mind until that moment. Um, I actually, probably starting when I was 10, I got very interested in learning Spanish because I had looked at a, at a globe at school and realized that one whole hemisphere of the planet spoke almost entirely English and Spanish, a few exceptions, but yeah, it was almost all there. And I thought, okay, if I can learn Spanish fluently, then I will be able to live in any one of these places. It was very exciting, especially at that age, but it took a lot of uh, time and work to build up to a point where I was comfortably able to uh, go to Mexico and actually 
get off of the tourist reserve and hang out with people living there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I always expected a Spanish speaking country, not at all South Korea. No. And yeah. what is your favorite thing about living in South Korea? Oh, uh, it's a wonderful country. Um, probably, oh, I have to pick one, don't I? You said favorite thing, not favorite 10 things, right? Uh, <laughs> you can choose three things. All right, I'll choose three things. First one, it's, it is a very, very safe country, I guess. Um, you're never, you're never worried anywhere you go. Uh, there, there's the, the, the idea of crime is just essentially non-existent. I mean, crime here is stuff like running a red light uh, <laughs> or a businessman embezzling, uh, stuff like that. It's amazing. And then second is uh, the focus on kids. There's so much good stuff for them to do around here. Uh, there, there's no reason for children to ever be bored. The, the parks are wonderful, they're beautiful, and they're all over the place. The, the museums always have kid-centered content. It's not, there, there's nothing stuffy about them. They're a lot of fun. Uh, kids get excited to go to places here. Mm. And then the third one, um, that's a good question, I guess. Oh my, <laughs> I, I guess the third one is, there's so many choices. Probably the food. I really do like the food. I was expecting you to say the food. Hey, yeah. The food must be wonderful there. Yep. So long as you like spicy food, because most of their stuff, like uh, in Korea, they use spice like how in the U.S. people use salt, which was an amazing thing that I discovered when I came back the first time I came back from Korea and realized, oh, wow, everything tastes saltier than I remember. <laughs> wow. I don't know much about their food, but I saw like you can stay in a restaurant eating for like two to three hours. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, you can. Yeah. Well, one thing about Korean eating is it's uh, most of the restaurants are family based family or group-based. And so the tables are very communal. Um, you have a grill in the center and then the table is a circle, right? And so you have a circular grill in the center and everyone kind of takes turns helping cook whatever you want to cook. And uh, yeah, and then you, you parcel it out to people and they, they take what they want. And you have side dishes all around that grill that everyone's passing to each other. Uh, it's like Thanksgiving every time you go to a restaurant. <laughs> and Danes, how did you first get into writing? That one was very accidental. <laughs> um, the, the start of writing, it, well, the Fairy Nights is my, is my children's series here. And the start of writing it actually came from a game that I made for my son and my wife to play. I, I'm a lifelong gamer. I, I love doing RPGs, role-playing games, and uh, specifically pad and paper, which means we play it at the table. You have your paper, you have your dice, and you have your imagination. And someone runs a story, and you have a character in the story, and you play that character. 
And so I wanted my son to get into that sort of thing. And we had in the past played a board game that was an RPG and he really, really had a lot of fun with that. So this was his first pad and paper RPG and I made it up for those two to play and they made their characters and we had a blast playing it. And that's uh, that night after everything was done, I wanted to make sure I didn't forget it because it was just so good. And I, I knew when I was 70, 80 years old, whenever my, my memories start to fade, I knew I wanted to have that moment somewhere where I could pick it out of a pile and be like, oh yeah, that was such a wonderful time. And so I, I wrote it all down. And then uh, a bit later, my son was having some anxiety actually about uh, not being good enough, a very common anxiety among children. And I, I took that idea and I combined it with everything that had happened and I made a story out of it, a story that I then uh, read to him because uh, he was still young enough, I was still reading to him at night. And so I made that story and I read it to him and he loved it. And it seemed to help with his problem too, his anxiety about not being good enough. It really, really did the trick. And that's how it all started. I, I, I guess it sat, like after I read it to him, it, it sat on my computer for, I want to say six months. I, I didn't do anything else with it. I, occasionally I shared it with a, a friend or a family member, just like, oh, hey, check this out. And I started hearing the, the voices. Everyone telling me, oh, it's really good. You need to publish it. It's really good. You need to publish it. I didn't know how to publish it exactly, but I decided maybe they were right. Maybe I should. And so I submitted it to a friend of mine who works, uh, he, he's a professor here in Korea. And he does early childhood development. He, he's the guy who teaches kindergarten teachers to become kindergarten teachers, right? And he not only said it was really good, um, I, I, had, I submitted it to him because I wanted him to make a cover for it. And he, he loved it and he wanted, he asked me if he could make not just the cover, but illustrations for it as well. <laughs> that was really awesome. Yeah, in fact, I would say like that part there, was the push, confidence push I needed to for sure finally say, okay, I'm going to publish this. You published uh, how many books? Well, now it's up to four or five, depending on how you want to look at it. Because we, we have four books in the series, but we've been working on these together. Each, each one, he, he illustrates, he edits, he makes a cover. And I, I make the story, right? And then uh, the fifth one was a little bit of a departure from the series. It's a Christmas special and it's, uh, it's very picture intensive because it's a Christmas poem. We, we took the, the night before Christmas and changed it into a, uh, a very series centric version in which the main character, which was my son's character in the game, uh, Chingu, uh, he has to save Christmas. And at the same time, we get to see him in the beginning being uh, a little bit selfish and correcting that. So it's everything has a moral in this series, everything, even the, the picture poem book. You seem to draw a lot of inspiration from your son and as well as your wife. So 
can you tell us a bit more about the game that you created? Yeah, I can. Uh, so what it was, the, the concept of the game came from this idea that uh, fairy tales, right? The fairy tales that we all know and love, in the background of those, there's somebody helping them happen. There's someone helping them out, right? And so when I made the game, my idea was that they would create fairy characters. They could pick from this list of different powers and such. Um, they could pick what school they went to because uh, their characters are elementary school students, actually. And the, element the different fairy elementary schools teach them different powers and different uh, abilities. So they could pick those. And in the end, when they had their characters, they would go ahead and they would go out and they would make fairy tales have their happy ending. Uh -huh. <laughs> that was the main idea of this game. That's interesting. And, yeah. And your, your book series is called His Fairy Nights. Can you tell us quickly what this book is about? Uh, the first book, Fairy Nights? First one, yes. Okay. Yep, the very first one is the story of uh, Chingu and Omabel, which were, of course, my son and my wife, completely based on their characters and the, how they acted during that game, yeah. And they, they are channelers. Channelers are a special kind of person who, when they make a lot of people very happy, they can level up and gain powers. And so channelers are the type of people who go out and become heroes quite often at the start of this story omabel has decided because she has just turned the big one zero 10 years old it is time for them to go out and become adventurers and chingu at first kind of drags his feet he says we're only 10 that's not old enough but she brings up the fact that he always forgets her birthday and kind of shoehorns him into becoming her sidekick. Uh -huh. And they go on an adventure. They, they go out and they, they save, uh, in that one, they, they save the, I'm trying to remember the village name. That part doesn't matter. Anyway, they save rabbits. It's a tale based on a Korean tale because I, I tried to mix in a tale from Korea, a tale from Western culture, a tale from somewhere else. I try to always fit these things together. I try to do three in each book. Uh -huh. And so that, yeah, that one was the Korean tale. And they, they saved the rabbits. And Chingu realizes, yes, I want to be a hero as well. Like this isn't just, I don't, I don't just, I'm not just doing this for Omabel. I want to help people. This is a great feeling. And they level up. And they come under the attention of a fairy hero who's also a teacher. His name is Dames Handsome. And he's the one writing these books. <laughs> I know. Who he is. Yeah, yeah. But at the midpoint is where the anxiety comes in. Because always to address anxiety to a child, first they have to see it happen. And what happens in the book is uh, their second fairy tale uh, Chingu thinks he has this wonderful plan and he messes things up very badly. And so afterwards, he's faced with this idea that maybe that first time around, it was beginner's luck. He just got lucky. Uh -huh. 
And in fact, now that he, he has failed, that shows that he can't be a hero. Other people can be heroes, but he can't be, right? Other people are better than him. And so he tries to kind of quit the biz and he feels all sad and broken. But then, of course, Oma Bell and uh, his other friend, Hamster Rick, I didn't even bring him up. I shut up because he's a series favorite. But <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they come in and they talk to him about it. And they, they give him the, the same words that I gave my son when he had those problems in the past. Right. The idea that you can't be perfect at what you want to do immediately. You just have to try and fail again and again and again. Exactly. Right. I, yeah. I, I can't remember what they say. 10,000 hours, I think it is to perfect. 10,000. Yeah. 10, yeah. 10,000. Right. Minimal. <laughs> yes. Minimum. Yes. And so it conveys that lesson through there. And the, the third act is, uh, is Jack and the Beanstalk. And that's the one where they really, they sit down and they plan it out and they work together and they do everything that in real life you really have to do to make stuff work. And it goes off. It goes off with, with well, maybe there's a little hitch, but they work it out. <laughs> it wouldn't be exciting if it was just picture perfect but yes they they it works out and at the end he realizes that yes if i work hard at this if i if i practice if i work together with other people and just don't take the lead make my own plan on the spot everything can work i can be a hero wow this this is so amazing I can see many kids relating to this story, this book. And yes. Yeah, and, and especially in modern times, uh, like you brought up before, um, there is so much social anxiety nowadays, especially because you, you get to see your friends online on Facebook or TikTok or whatever. And especially as a kid, you don't realize that you're only seeing what they want you to see. So everywhere you look, you see perfection. You see all the, your, your classmates are just better than you in every single way. And of course you feel inferior and broken. And there needs to be a voice addressing that, which uh, is my hope and uh, Warwick's hope. The, he's my illustrator. Both of us, we hope that this series really can tell children to, or help children to understand that what they think is happening isn't true, that those anxieties are false in so many ways. I totally agree. As you said, we see only people smiling, everything is perfect, and kids are not prepared. They are not. Yes. Yeah, they're too young. They don't have the experience. They don't know yet. Yeah. And I find it so important that you are making such a common challenge like anxiety to be so relatable for children to read about games. And what is the feedback you are getting from your son or other children, parents or teachers? Well, I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you my, my top two because one of them includes my son. Okay, the top two feedback. 
Well, maybe top three. I'll throw in another one because <laughs> there's a teacher involved too. Okay. So first one was teacher feedback. There's a classroom in the U.S. who picked up uh, uh, picked up book one to read, and that was wonderful because uh, the the students didn't just love it, but the teacher said when it came time to move on to their next book selection, the the students moaned and they tried to get her to uh, kind of toss that book out and go on to book two of the series because I had two books at the time which I thought was wonderful. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, that, that was a great feeling that mm -hmm. they, they liked it that much. And then feedback-wise, I loved it. There was a dad who contacted me and he told me that he read the book to his, uh, how old was she? I think five years old, to his five-year-old daughter. And that afterwards, she couldn't, uh, or she, she was going around the house saying that she was going to do all these wonderful, good things to make everyone happy so she could level up and gain more hero powers. <laughs> <laughs> Which that was super cute. So of course I love that. And then uh, my son, feedback from my son, he, he told me with the third book, when he was reading the, the third book, the, the one day I, I, uh, I heard him laughing in the other room because he usually reads that stuff in the morning. And so I got out of bed and I went into the living room where he was reading and I asked him what had just happened. And he explained where he was in the book. Right. And then he told me something that was wonderful. He said, dad, you can never stop writing these books. And so I guess I'm locked in on the series. I love it. It must be so rewarding to that is yes. Things. Yes. What is your son' name? Uh, his name is Dean. Dean. And, bec and because of the series, he's actually uh, he's he's independently published two books himself. After I started writing them, he got into it as well. He takes a bit longer than I do. Um, and according to him, his books aren't as good, but he has two out there now. So no matter what, yeah, no matter what, what the future holds with the series, um, it inspired him to put out his own stuff. And that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And Dames, are you currently working on anything that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, we have a couple of projects in, uh, in the series. There is a coloring book that we're going to put out. Uh, we already have some free coloring pages up on the website, dameshandsome.com. But we wanted to get like an actual, very, very nicely polished coloring book for people as well, instead of just the papers that they can print out. Because some people would prefer to have the book. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take too much effort for us to get it out there. It's actually a little bit harder than I thought, but we're working on it. And we have a plan for a kind of fun campfire anthology that's in the works. That's a, a veer off from the format. So that one might take a while. <laughs> Don't hold your breath on that. And also we are putting out second edition books because Warwick said after the fourth one, he said that his, his uh, drawing has gotten a lot better and he feels like he wants to go through and improve on everything. Now, I thought it was all perfect already, but he's going through and doing it again. 
And I have to admit, it looks amazing. Wow. It's How old is wonderful. he? Well, this is a funny Korean one because uh, in Korean age, he is 12, but in uh, English age, he's 11. I get confused by about age because of that. <laughs> no problem. You don't have to explain because it's... it's well, I, I should say he's almost, okay, English age, he's almost 11, but Korean age, he's 12. So okay. he, that's where he is. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's a whole cultural thing and it's hard to explain. <laughs> it's, it gets confusing. Yeah. But uh, he wrote his first book when he was 10. 10 years old. Like I, I'm impressed with the imagination involved. When we get older, we lose. I don't know how much of that we lose, but we lose some of it at least because he came up with some very just off the wall concepts that were totally fine you know for him whereas i would have thought okay we're jumping the shark at this point in the story mm -hmm. and somehow in the end it all works it does fit together it works uh -huh. uh, <laughs> it's stuff i never would have done but yeah he went for it and it's good and james is there a message you'd like to leave for our listeners out there uh yeah I guess the message here is any uh, re anytime your children seem to be anxious or something, you know, talk to them about it. Let them know from your experience that uh, what they fear is not real, and that this world that we live in is they they are not inferior in any way. They they are all they are all in this together. Nobody's better. Nobody's worse. Um, they don't need to be scared and let them know that they can talk to you about it. Don't ever get annoyed about it or anything. You know, just talk to them. Uh, also let them know, I, I, this is a little bit of a fear. If they are interested in writing uh, on my website, I actually take submissions from kids. As far as I know, uh, no adults have snuck their writing in yet. <laughs> uh -huh. But uh, if they want to see their work online, I, I will take their submissions and I will put them on the website where everyone can see. I, I've had kids already submit stories, uh, short stories usually, and they get super excited about it. They're so happy to see their stories go up on, you know, the quote, official site. And it's, it can be about anything. Uh, the, the last story that got put up there was um, two girls. They, they go under a pen name. They call themselves Pretty Yoja Dole. And uh, they're, they're two Korean uh, girls here. And they're doing a kind of murder mystery. You know, ooh. <laughs> and it's very fun. And I like it. And it's great because they get... They, they were so excited about that. They, uh, they, they said they shared the link with all their friends so their friends can come check it out. And it's, it's wonderful. So yeah, if you have a kid who likes to write in and the kid wants to see their stuff go up, if you think they'll be excited about it, let them know. Wow, that's amazing. And please give us your website. Let us know about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dameshandsome.com. And you have other social media that you want to share? I do. You can find me on Facebook as Dames Handsome. Um, I am also on Instagram. Same name for that, Dames Handsome. And that might be all. <laughs> trying to think of anything else. I do want to do a TikTok at some points, but it also intimidates me. I am... Um, 
I am no spring chicken, <laughs> as they say. I understand you completely. <laughs> yes. I, I, I did one video on TikTok and I have an account up there and that's it. Uh, the, the TikTok video, I was trying to do a video with my son, but he instead in his own fashion, climbed on my back and used the, the top of my head as a drum. And I ended the video pretty early. So Danes, it was such a pleasure to speak with you. I know how to say uh, uh, thank you in Korean, but I think it's I forgot. How can I say it? You're very close. There's two ways to do it. You can say, uh, well, it depends how you want to say it. If you say it slowly, kamsahamnida, hajiman, uh, sorry, but uh, <laughs> but usually people say it very quickly, kamsahamnida. Or if you want to do very much, this is the one I usually use. Kamsahamnida. Kamsahamnida. Nice. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Actually, our first guest talked about South Korea. So this is a good coincidence. And I am super happy to have learned a little bit about you, about your book series. And please come back whenever you publish another book. Absolutely. I, I look forward to it. This has been so much fun. I love this. <laughs> Me too. So Dames, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Lucia. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. <laughs>